You're listening to Don's Cast, an unofficial podcast about the greatest Australian football team, the Essendon Bombers. With COVID-19 taking away the opportunity for all footy fans to attend games, the reason we wanted to start this podcast was to have some interaction talking about the team we love. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nick. First, before we begin, we are aware we are not the first Essendon fan podcast. And in fact, we really enjoy podcasts like The Sash and The Lunchtime Catch-Up. So a big shout out to those guys. And in some ways, you've inspired us to make our own. Yeah, I love podcasts like The Lunchtime Catch-Up. And congrats to Scotty and Grant for some great shows. I love the top 20 players from the 90s and 2000s. And to have Ron Connolly, Gary O'Donnell and Scotty Lucas on board to talk about the players from those decades was just great listening. Also enjoy listening to the Sash podcast, so love your work, Rob Merton Co. Yes, I'm a Patreon member. I've had many laughs uh, listening to Rob and the boys, and yeah, they've made me feel much better, even though I've been in the dumps about maybe the Bombers, just by the way that they've made a jovial comment here and there that really hits home. So well done, guys. Love your work. Keep it up. We've also loved the official content from the footy club. Working through it in the Dodcast series, loved listening to the insights from the club, and really enjoyed Adrian going through previous draft selections, maybe justifying some of his selections. But overall, he's a great guy, and I love listening to him. Yeah, some interesting insights there. I love that episode with Dodoro answering questions from the fans as well. I did have a laugh at some parts, though, which sounded a bit contrived, especially that part where he's talking about, oh, there's no games played at trade time, clubs are really respectful and that kind of thing. Well, I'm sure they are, but you can't tell when there's no games played. But, you know, in terms of working through it, that's just a fantastic podcast. To hear, you know, Xavier... Job and Hurdy all talking so passionately about the club, the fans and things going on around the league. It's just been great listening and just having Job and Hurdy back connected with the club in some way has just been fantastic. Yeah, it was fantastic to have Job and Jimmy Hurd back on board in some small way. I totally agree with you. So how will our podcast run, mate? Well, we plan to have two episodes each week. So there'll be one on a Thursday after the official team's been named where we'll talk about the game ahead do a review of the selected side and our predictions for the round. We'll also do a segment called Remember When, where we'll talk about a classic match or a memory each of us have from a game between the Dons and the team we're about to play. Then, after a game is played each round, we'll come our review show. Uh, In these shows, we'll talk about highlights or lowlights from the game, our votes, and our By the Numbers feature, where we'll go through each player's performance and give a rating, purely off our opinion and how we feel that player impacted on the game. We'll finish up each review episode by looking ahead at the next game with team selections we think should occur and our predictions. So as a prelude to our Thursday night round two episode, after the break, we'll do a bit of a review of round one. (laughs) So in round one, we held on to win by a goal in a very low scoring contest. Yeah, it was the Bombers, 9 goals, 9-63 to Frio's 8-9-57. And I think the shorter quarter saved us in the end, Jane. We'd kept their stars fairly quiet in the first half, but in the second half, Lobb nearly took the game single-handedly and Walters definitely started to have an impact. So um, very lucky to get away with the four points there, I'd say. I've got to admit, I got very nervous in the last 10 minutes of that game. It was almost like an anchor was placed on us. Pardon the pun. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Yeah, look, um, as weird as it was with no crowds, like watching the game, it was pretty cool to hear the sounds of it. So players calling out, boot of the, fall, of the ball, maybe just brought the spectacle back to being about footy. 
I think the highlight for me from the game was the last quarter goal by Jakey Stringer. The way that he just took control of the ball from the clearance and um, really turned around and gave it to Nat Five after kicking that goal. I think there must have been a few words said during that contest. We played a good, like a lot of good team defense last year. So now we're adding the handballs and the two-way running into our game. So that was a big highlight for me, seeing the development of that and how we can sort of implement it in the season. So it was good to see we're actually thinking through things a lot better. Although we were laboring at the end, it was pleasing to know we could hold on to a game like that. In the past, we've seen us cough up games. And I just thought it was a really important step, holding on to a game when it looked like, you know, to be honest, we were going to be overrun. Yeah, and just looking back at that game in terms of the team selection, I know many of us were pretty surprised to see Bally get the nod over Phillips, given his limited pre-season. And honestly, Phillips' pretty impressive pre-season campaign. I thought Phillips could have given us a bit more around the ground. And I think it showed in the end there a lack of tools in that game, like with no Danaher, no Hooker, no Stewart, no McKernan. When Bally was labouring, it sort of meant there was no one to compete with Lobb when he started to take control. So with all that said, let's go to our votes for the inaugural Don's Cast medal. Yeah, beauty. So for one vote, I had Dev Smith. While he only had the 15 disposals, he laid five tackles. But I think he offers so much more in terms of the intensity he goes at the footy and trying to hurt blokes with his tackles. So definitely missed him last year and very happy he's back for this season. Yeah, so um, I had... uh, Jacob Townsend uh, with two votes, you know, three goals and a low-scoring game is pretty big. He kicks straight, which is a sight for sore eyes as a Bombers supporter. And then going into my three votes, so I had uh, Saad with 28 posies and some really important defensive work, especially late in the game there. This bloke just keeps at the contest all day and is a very valuable player for us in my view. With uh, four votes uh, was Andy McGrath, 23 disposals, predominantly playing in the middle, but geez, he, he offers so much. He had eight tackles during the game and just shows his class all through. But the five votes definitely goes to Dylan Shiel. 35 disposals, just a ball magnet. Three tackles as well, which was good to see. And I thought his work in the middle, giving us a bit of a run around the ground, was really important for us. Yeah, I saw the game pretty similar. I gave one vote to Jacob Townsend for his three goals out of the nine, as previously mentioned. It was so important. I think it was went a long way for us winning the game. I gave two votes to Jordan Ridley. I thought his field kicking was really important. And he seems to be more eager at the contest. I think if he has that element to his game, he's got a big future. Three votes I gave to Sardi. I thought he got a heap of the footy. There was a couple of times in that last half where I was a bit suspect on his hammies. He seemed to not quite extend to his full pace. But he stayed on the ground and he's such an important player for us. And I was really proud of it, the way he went about it. Four votes went to Andy McGrath. He's a really building as an up-and-coming star of the footy club. He's so classy, but also competitive. And he's my tip to one day captain the Bombers. And lastly, five votes to Dylan Shield. I thought it was one of his better games for us. I felt his field kicking looked improved. And I think the added responsibility of being added to the leadership group may be good for him. So our total votes after round one, we've got Devin Smith with one vote, Jordan Ridley with two, Jacob Townsend with three, six to Adam Saad, eight to Andy McGrath, and ten votes to Dylan Shield. Yeah, I'd agree with that. The only thing I'd like to see more from Dylan Shield is hoping he gets a bit more dangerous around goal. Um, he's got a booming left foot, so I'd love to see him just have a ping sometimes. But, you know, this is just something can be improved in his game, so looking forward to the season ahead. We'll take another break. 
and go through the bomber news leading into round two. So the bomber news, unfortunately, surrounds round injuries this time, mate. Yeah, it was disappointing to hear the news about Orazio Fantasia possibly having a soft tissue injury from Saturday, which Carl Toomey reported as being a quad issue. After last season, where he had a lot of injury issues, he definitely doesn't need this. But thanks to Bomber Blitz legend Knackers, who got down to training, we've got reports that he's still keeping up some light running, and the club seems to indicate he should only miss two to three games max at this stage. Another report from Cal Toomey was that Michael Hurley and Mason Redmond weren't at training on Tuesday, which was supposedly due to soreness. I really hope these blokes can get up for round two because Hurley is so important for us in the back line and I love the way Redmond goes about his footy. He's hard as a cat's head and has a great kick on him. The skipper Dyson Heppel rejoined the main training group but shortly afterwards dislocated his finger. He is hoping that Hep can make it back to the round two side. In bad news... Tom Hurd suffered a navicular injury, the same injury that hampered his father in the midpoint of his career. In good news, we heard about Hooker, Ambrose and Stewart all pushing for round two selection. The three key position players have been out for some time and we look forward to their return. Yeah, and by the looks of the uh, training video we saw the other day, it looks like Smack might be back pretty soon, so let's hope McKernan gets some good form going. In other news, Joe Danaher is starting to ramp up his progression and drop weight to try and get that freakish agility back. Still no timetable for a return, but let's hope we see Joe back at full flight at some point this season. After this break, we'll finalise our first episode. (laughs) You're listening to Don's Cast, and as we close our first episode... I've got three long-range questions for you, mate. First one is, where do you see us finishing in 2020? Well, I reckon we'll finish seventh, uh, but I'll definitely cop with higher if we manage to get there. I think we've got a good core of players with some class and now some good competition for spots, but we might just need this year to cement the game plan and get that team bond on the field happening. Personally, I think we'll finish around the 6-10 to 10 mark. I'd love to see us finish higher, but we have to be realistic. Our game plan, for whatever reason, hadn't been able to hold up against the really best side. So I'm hoping with the addition of Blake Carousella and Ben Rutten taking more control, that can be addressed. But being a realist, uh, yeah, 6 to 10. Having said that, I'd love to be wrong. The next question I have for you, mate, is who will be the most improved player of this year? Oh, I'd love to see Jordan Ridley get given a really good crack at it. He's got really good game awareness, really good skills, and... Just has an air of composure when he's got the footy. So I think he'll be our most improved. Yeah, good selection. For myself, I see someone like Andy McGrath, and I know he's already a very good player, but I've seen a little bit of his work over the summer, and you can just tell he's going to a whole new level. And I just feel he's about to explode in this competition, and I think he may be our most improved player for this year. Yeah, fair call that. The last one, mate. I've found it really hard to struggle with this one. So I'd love to see your opinion. Who will win our goal kicking in 2020? Yeah, it is a tough one, given we don't have much of a focal point there with no Joe Danaher this year. But look, I'll back in Jakey Stringer. You know, I think he's looking really fit, looks pretty dangerous in the Frio game. I'd love to see him, even in a condensed season, kick, you know, anywhere between sort of, you know, 35 goals, even 40 if he really kicks on. I know it's a bit ambitious, but 
I reckon he's got the skills for it. How about you, Jane? What do you reckon? Yeah, I was going to go down the same route as you and choose Jake Stringer, but the club seems to really want to push him up into the midfield, and I feel those midfield minutes may take him around the goal area. So I'd be thinking someone like an AMT who loves a crumb, and if we can get some players like Stewart, possibly Hooker, playing down forward, uh, we could see AMT gobble up a few more goals. He had a great year last year, as we all know, and um, yeah, I'd like to see that continue. Well, that's episode one in the book. This is a shortened preview session, and we look forward to round two, where we'll go a bit more in depth. We'd love your feedback, and you can reach us via our Twitter handle, so it's at DonsCastPod, and on our Gmail account, so that's DonsCastPod at gmail.com. We look forward to footy returning. It's only a week away. Even if we can't be at the grounds, it'll be great to see the Bombers back. Go Dons. Go Bombers.